Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Roses are red, violets are blue, pumpkin spice sucks, and this show does too. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Ooh, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, they sometimes are irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, reminding you, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to listen to this fine show. So if you're not, go ahead, turn it off. Good. There we go. And I am uh, back home and uh, completely recovered from uh, seven days in Las Vegas. Yeah, it took seven, uh, about six days to recover from seven days in Las Vegas. And on this episode, we're going to have a jumbo-sized edition with my partner in the uh, Las Vegas International Pipe Show with Dave Peterson, where we get to meet him and his pipe history a little bit. And then uh, Dave and I kind of take you through the timeline of, uh, of our week in Las Vegas and uh, some of the highlights of the, uh, of the most past uh, Las Vegas International Pipe Show. See, I'm still tongue-tripping a little bit. Um, and then uh, we'll have music, mailbag, and a rave. All that coming up on this week's episode. So, uh, while you're here, remember, uh, on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review. Uh, Spotify, you can do the ratings thing. I think we're up to 78, so I'd love to see that go up. And uh, love to see those Apple Podcast ratings and reviews. Those are much, much, much appreciated. If you are new to the show, please make sure that you listen to the current episodes while going back and getting caught up in the back catalog. That's just the way it works out best, and then that way you also hear how good the show sounds now versus when it first came out. So, um, so yeah, it, I'm back from uh, back from Vegas, and uh, boy, I tell you, it took me a little bit longer than I thought to recover and kind of get back in the swing of things once we got back home. And I'm wondering if. Uh, you know the the travel and and all the anxieties of putting on a show and stuff just are you know i'm I'm gonna have to start uh, dieting and exercising for about three months before the show so i get into uh into show strength and get my energy up and do all that so um but yeah what a great time great time you're gonna hear more about that so let's get the show rolling everybody sit back relax fire up a bowl thank you all for tuning in and here we go For you, dear. Say, my favorite pipe tobacco. Why that swell? I haven't seen this for years. Wherever did you find it? On tidbits.com, of course. You mean the Pipe Collectors Auction site? Yes, that's right. They have vintage and hard-to-find tobaccos, pipes, and accessories, too, you know. You don't say. I can buy all those things on tidbits.com? That's right. But you can also sell some of those pipes and tobaccos you don't smoke anymore, too, dear. Perhaps you're trying to tell me something. Visit TinBids.com, the pipe collector's auction site. Missouri Meerschaum Company has been continuously handcrafting authentic corncob pipes in the USA for over 150 years. They carry over 55 styles of cool-smoking corncob pipes, colonial-area clay pipes, and affordable hardwood pipes. From exciting new pipe and tobacco releases to accessories and more, Missouri Meerschaum Company is a must-see at www.corncobpipe.com. Missouri Meerschaum Company. Authentically original. Authentically you. 
we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us for a special extended visit is um, probably the only person in the pipe-smoking planet right now that is equally as tired as I am, equally as, as exhausted as I am, equally as... Uh, I don't know. Let's just say we're, we're full of really great memories right now and rearing up to do it again. Uh, but Dave Peterson, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, so you've been on the show twice before quietly. Uh, I believe twice, maybe three times because you're part of the Saturday Zoom group that I'm in. So we've heard your voice before, but um, this is your one time to shine and before we get started, um, I just want to say that uh, for a lot of people that see what we do with the Las Vegas International Pipe Show, they see my face, they hear my voice, and they think, oh, it's, you know, it, it's Brian doing everything, and, you know, okay, whatever, you know, he's the one, and then, and then there's that other guy, Dave. Well, let me tell you right now, you cannot find a harder working partner, a better partner to do this show. And if anything happens to him, I'm not doing the show without him because he was up late every night running the hospitality suite. He was up early a couple of mornings earlier than I wanted to be um, to get the show floor open. He's responsible for all the basically the registration desk area and all the volunteers, which we'll talk about. He's responsible for, anyway, let's just say he's a partner in this. We are 50-50, and he's quiet about it. And Dave, I won't do the show without you, so don't you think about, don't you think about anything happening to you, okay? Hey, I'll do my best, Brian. It's really my pleasure. I love the show. I love the hobby. And um, yeah, I want this to be a, a success. Yeah. All right, so let's get to know your uh, superhero origin story um, where are you from? Where, what did you want to be when you grew up? And, uh, when did you start smoking a pipe? Well, I grew up, uh, split between, uh, Minnesota and later Wisconsin. I, uh, always wanted to be a heavy equipment operator. I had a friend of mine's dad who, uh, when I was a very young kid, just early elementary school age, lived, uh, kind of a nomadic life, uh, you know, working on construction projects, especially the interstate system throughout the West. And I always thought that was because he was a photographer too. And so he'd take a lot of pictures. So we'd get a lot of pictures from the, uh, from the uh, job sites. And uh, that's what I always wanted to do. And that's what I did after high school. I joined the operating engineers uh, and um, yeah, and done it since I was, yeah, just out of high school. I started smoking a pipe. Uh, I think I was about 14. I think it was in middle school and um um, I read something about Hugh Hefner smoking a pipe, and I thought that'd be pretty good for my image. I think I'd, I'd look good smoking a pipe, and so I went out and bought a a uh, corn cob and um, some mixture seventy nine, and <laughs> that's uh, and I thought I thought that was great. So uh, the next week or so later, I took my money and bought a Dr. Grabo uh, slender billiard, as close to what half had as I possibly could in a plastic black onyx uh zippo lighter and yeah i was i was off to the races so you so uh, so you grew up playing with tonka trucks and then wanted to do that for real and then when you started smoking a pipe you thought well i'm going to be hugh hefner 
uh, so I'm just want I just want to see did um, did you also become a Playboy magnet? No, I didn't. It, I, I don't know. It really didn't help my image as much as I was hoping it would. But uh, oh, I'm sure I was quite a sight, you know, because I I smoked them out. I was out, you know. I smoked my pipe a lot, you know. Yeah. And but, uh, uh, and, and just for reference, you're about four years older than I am. So, uh, so the, I mean, this is the, this is in the '80s when you're doing this with your corncob pipe and your uh, picture of Hugh Hefner. Yeah, it would have been in the 70s, actually, because I graduated in, in 82. So I was, yeah. yeah, long before. I was still in junior high, so it was in the 70s. But yeah, I'm sure people got a chuckle out of it. But uh, anyway, I, I enjoyed my pipe and I kind of stuck with it, too. So When did you, uh, uh, when did you discover the, uh, the Costellos and the premium tobaccos, and, and how did that happen? Well, my whole entry into the hobby was through, I bought a, I was, um, being a heavy court operator, a lot of times you don't work all winter, which was part of the reason I wanted to do it. So <laughs> I would travel and I was traveling out West and I picked up a new pipe. I stopped in and got a Peterson pipe. It was the most expensive pipe I bought and the stem turned green the next day. And I went in and I was going to return. I, I wasn't happy. Anyway, I was going to return the pipe, and um, the guy, he polished it up for me, but he also polished off the uh, nomenclature. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and um, to to uh, keep me happy, that was right when Rick uh, Hacker's book, uh, the first edition of his uh, The Ultimate Pipe book came out. And so he gave me that, and he gave me a tube of the Dunhill pipe mouthpiece restorative um, out of the little tube. And uh, from there, that's where I got into the, you know, I went through and the back had a listing of stuff. And so I got the ephemeris and I wrote to everybody in that. And that's what, that was kind of my entry to the hobby. So, so you're, you're kind of like the, uh, you're kind of like the youngest old guy in the hobby. Cause you were doing the pipe polish. Yeah. The big, in kid. my circles, <laughs> I was always the kid, you know, and, uh, I've just I've stuck with it. I've just enjoyed I've enjoyed it. And the Costellos came a little later. Uh, the Dunhills Dunhills came first. Dunhills were my first love, and uh, because of that Dunhill mouthpiece uh, restorative, I uh, my next stop on my trip out west was to the uh, Dunhill shop at Rodeo Drive in uh, Los Angeles, and um, I got the white glove treatment. I didn't buy a pipe, but they did give me. They laid the pipes out with the white gloves on, and it was it was impressive. But uh, they they hooked me up with some good tobacco and uh did you always uh did you start bouncing around between tobaccos and find the englishes after surviving mixture 79 yeah yeah the mixture 79 did not i did not really enjoy it i smoked it because i thought it was the best but uh then i discovered well the first one was i got nougat i think it was sold as north sea at uh, tinderbox and then later i started smoking um early morning pipe and that's when i really fell in love with pipe smoking is with that early morning pipe and a little bit of latakia and since then i've just ramped up the red latakia content a little bit more for the years what year was your first pipe show 1997 and it was st louis and when you walked in and you said oh my god look at all these pipes yeah exactly and i you know i because i had been to ivan marie's and um a couple of pipe shops around Milwaukee. So I had known 
really good pipe shops. I mean, and and estate pipes. I had already been um, introduced to estate pipes through the ephemeris and through uh, even Rees. And uh, I thought, what do I need a pipe show for? But then I did make the drive to uh, St. Louis, and it was like, wow, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, it was, what, two or three pipe shows a year as you could squeeze them into your schedule? Yeah, it was even more than that. There For years, I was doing quite a few more than that because we had our Milwaukee show, and we had Chicago, St. Louis, Kansas City, sometimes Richmond, Naspec, um, yeah. So yeah, I was I was getting to a lot of shows, and that's kind of where I first met you was at those early two thousand one two thousand two shows when I started in it, and you know you're you're easy to find in a crowd because you're you know kind of like big and tall, and not just I'm not just saying you're I'm not just saying you're fat. You are a big person, and I can hide Thanks, behind Brian. you. I appreciate that, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> part of the part of the benefits of our partnership is if i say something stupid at the pipe show i can hide behind dave um and nobody can see me so so yeah so it would have been those earlier pipe shows and then how did you you it, would you, is it fair to say that your primary love of pipes is costello yeah it is really i love dunhill too i love my artisan pipes but i i just enjoy building a collection i really got um Early on, it was the collection of Mike Davis, the combined collections of Mike Davis and Mike McKean, that 84 collection. Of, and they just they just had everything. And, and that's what I thought, I want I want to do that. And that's what I did. I've been, you know, my my, my focus isn't as, as uh, I'm not as focused as they were or are, but um, I, I just love having lots of the same pipes you know, different examples and, you know, I'm smoking a pipe right now that was kindly gifted to me at the show that I've got lots of Costello shape 15s, but I've only got one of these and, uh, it's fun. Hey, wait a second. You got gifted a pipe at the show. What, what did I get? I got, I got a tin of tobacco. Oh, but anyway, <laughs> all right. So now your collection and the one you showed at the pipe at the show this week, this past, well, 10 days ago now, was all shape 15 Costellos? Yeah. Yeah. It's a really wide ranging shape that goes from small pots to stack billiards all in the 15 shape. Um, my um, best part of the collection is the Epicas. Those are very rare pipes, especially some of those 15s. Those are some just extremely rare pipes in those uh, rock style carving. But, uh, yeah, I, I really, I love collecting pipes. Yeah, and still collecting them. Um, when a pipe doesn't make it into your, uh, what happens when you fall out of love with a pipe? I sell it. I did, I've done my own selling. I've, yeah, I've, I used to do eBay. I've done eBay. Um, I've traded at shows. Uh, I haven't sold anything lately. <laughs> it's hard now i'm down I, it was easy i got rid of the early because i bought a lot of pipes early on and those those saying goodbye to those wasn't hard but now it's i have really nothing i really want to get rid of anymore yeah all right we're going to take a break right here when we come back we'll have the normal part of the guest segment where uh instead of getting one trip report of the seven days in vegas you're going to get two of them so stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. 
This is Internet Radio. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series, Savinelli produces high-quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us again is uh, my partner in crime, Dave Peterson. Most of you might know him as Dave in LAX, and he's waving to the crowd like anybody can see you on an audio-only show. Uh, but, so let, let's do the, uh, let's, let's do the recap kind of, uh, kind of go through it day by day. Um, so we, we both nervously arrived on Tuesday and we both got checked into our rooms and I, I don't remember what else happened. Anything remarkable on Tuesday? No, we had a, we had a guest from our buddy, uh, Charlie, uh, Atkins from Arizona came up and visited us and, uh, Otherwise, yeah, it was a pretty. It was a quiet night, so it was nice. Yeah, and then by Wednesday, um, this year for me on Wednesday, I did something slightly different, where I didn't do much. Uh, I just kind of took it really easy on Wednesday, and this uh, Wednesday was also the first time I got to see the bags that we give away and the buttons that we give away because they had been shipped to you. Um. And then Wednesday, I went to dinner with uh, with Kevin Godby and his and his girlfriend Lori, uh, and then came back and the smoke filled <laughs> the smoke filled hospitality suite was already fired up. Yeah, we had a great crowd right right away on Wednesday. It was a full house right up until I don't think I got to bed till three, but it was fun. A lot of fellowship, everybody catching up, you know, swapping stories and lies, and just the usual things that happen in a smoke-filled hotel room yeah and we had i i think we had a good 25 rooms already on wednesday night occupied and then thursday was kind of when it all let loose with the uh with the check-ins and uh, uh thursday i went with uh adam and nick from the get piped podcast and the best surprise for me was and i but i knew it was happening was uh was Perry Ensign came from uh, came all the way over from Germany for the show, so we got to go over to the Win and went to Earth Cafe and had coffee and walked around there for a little bit, and then came back and I'm trying to remember where we went for dinner on Thursday. Probably the coffee shop, uh, and your Thursday was probably just in the in the suite the whole time. Yeah, that's where I feel most comfortable. I'm happiest there. I'll- yeah, it was another good night. I think somebody brought me uh, a burger. My yeah, it was my friend uh, and our friend Terry Schaefer brought me a burger uh, up from tailgate. And should we should we should we talk about the excitement of Thursday night when when uh, by the time uh, so smoking pipes had their room open. There was a couple other rooms open on the 14th floor, including ours. And I come, 
I think I came back from eating and my wife went off to bed or went to the, went back to the room and I said, I'm going to go see, I'm going to go visit the suites and talk to folks. Um, actually one other thing happened, but, and I'll talk about it, but that's, when, <laughs> that's when the smoke alarm went off on the 14th mm-hmm. floor. <laughs> um, so that was, that was kind of fun because apparently you can't stand outside under the smoke alarm and smoke cigars and pipes right underneath it. Lessons were not learned from the year before, but I think it helped that the, the the smoke alarm went off the night before that had nothing to do with us. So yeah. I, I'm thinking that might have helped a little bit. So, well, I think it also helped the hotel to um, change the filter on the air return that happened to be right at that end of the hallway because I noticed that it hadn't been changed in a while, and then the next day it was nice and clean and emptied out. And it, it was like a Christmas miracle. Uh, yeah, the uh, um, staff really did do a good job at helping us out, getting it yeah. back in order. So, yeah, um, and I was, uh, and the and the room hopping was, you know, fairly busy. Anywhere you walked in the hotel at that point on Thursday evening, you'd see a pipe smoker or somebody for the show, and you know, say hi to people as they were coming and going to and from dinner. Um, Thursday night for me was also when I saw one of the, uh, uh, I, I found out that, uh, smoking pipes had the two Sato's that Sato had finished personally before he died. So they had the last two pipes that he made. And while they didn't give me a pipe, like, you know, like somebody else on this thing, they did allow me to pick one for my collection. So it's not here. Even as we're recording this, it's not here yet because they had to take it back and have it photographed. And anyway, so that'll, that'll be the last one that I'll ever be able to buy brand new. Uh, so that was kind of fun and emotional. And then how late were you up on Thursday night? It was another late one. Yeah. It was probably two or three in the morning. The, uh, the, 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 uh, story that I'm getting to here with Dave is that Dave stays up late and then, gets up early so there I, i'm just gonna say it right now there might have been what five nights in a row when you were running on three or four hours of sleep a night uh friday night i did get some sleep um i did get some sleep on friday so i was semi-fresh on saturday but yeah it, it's a you know i just planned for it i know it's i know it's gonna happen it's uh you know, this is the same thing that's been going on at pipe shows since the beginning of time. People don't get enough sleep, and and uh, they do it for what they love to do. You know, yeah. They don't come. They don't come to. The, they don't spend this money to come to Vegas to sleep. They're there to have fun with their friends, and that's where they're to do to provide them with that experience. So, yeah. So I had the same thing where I was. You know, I obviously didn't want to go to bed early because I wanted to hang out with everybody. But at the same time, I knew physically I couldn't do, yeah, you know, I couldn't do some of the late nights. But I was able to, uh, yeah, at least go back to the room. I think, I think it's fair to say for both of us, I think we were more nervous this year about the show than we were last year, and that's because last year we there were there were no expectations. Uh, there was no previous year to judge it against, and we were kind of worried that you know, are, are we going to be able to pull this off? Um, so that uh, that also meant that you know, yeah, I'm laying in bed, 
you know, can't really fall asleep knowing that there's all kinds of pipe smoking and camaraderie going on down the hallway. And then in the morning, my eyes were popping right open. I mean, the minute the sun was up, I was up, didn't want to talk to people, but, um, I was up and going. Uh, so that takes us, uh, did, did I miss anything from Thursday? Oh, I don't believe so. It was, it was definitely, it took off Thursday. Wednesday was busy, but Thursday was a whole nother yeah. level. And, uh, yeah, everything worked out well. So, um, except for Thursday night. So hopefully those mistakes will not be made again, but <laughs> you, know, you can always hope. People well, have short memories. Yeah. So. yeah uh, so just a, just a little advice to people. Don't smoke out under a smoke detector, especially if you're smoking a cigar or an English blend. Um, Friday, I slept as late as I could Friday morning. And that probably meant that I slept until about 730. Uh, Friday was also when I uh, got up and... I think I had a few things I had to move down to your room to get ready for the big move down into the ballroom that night. And we got those done. And, uh, and then my, uh, my wife and I, and Neil Osborne and pod 101, uh, took the walk at about 1130 over to, uh, in and out burger, the seven minute walk out straight out across the street and then turn left to in and out burger where we only ran into three or four other people from the pipe show at in and out that were actually there. And we ran into a couple others that were going to and from, uh, so that was my first trip to in and out. Uh, then on the way back, I made a stop at seven 11 again. And the reason I mentioned this is because on Wednesday, when we checked in, we went to seven 11, got a case of water. Well, by Friday I had already needed we stopped there again, got another case of water. Um, was it, uh, you know what? I think it was Thursday night. Was it Thursday night when, uh, when Nish, the Armenian Piper came around with the magical baklava and cases of water that he was giving out to people? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah we really appreciate that. That was a great, yeah. uh, a nice treat, especially the water. Yeah. Nish is, uh, really appreciate all, all he does. Yeah. He had a whole, uh, uh, he had a whole flatbed dolly that he was rolling around the 14th floor with cases of water and boxes. I mean, pizza box sized boxes of baklava that was fantastic. And he was dropping off in the rooms and leaving for people. Um, but then Friday, we, uh, I don't know, we met at, we met up at the ballroom at what, about one o'clock? Well, one o'clock. Yep. Yeah. Hey, I had the, uh, the bell staff uh, take uh, two uh, trolleys down of pipe show stuff, and we got set up. We had our, our uh, volunteer, Brad Hochter, came in for the second year and helped us yeah. set up. So we really appreciate the help from Brad. And then it was just the countdown. We got our pipes set up for the uh, pipe uh, um the collector showcase and we this year we invited some of the collectors in that we're gonna that we knew that we're gonna be collecting to come in early to set up which was a good idea last year i think everybody just came in at the same time and they were trying to set up at five o'clock and yeah. that that just didn't work out so if you ever want to display pipes at the pipe show at the pipe collector showcase just let us know and we'll make sure you get in early to get a chance to set up 
Yeah, so I want you to notice that Dave had two two bell carts full of supplies for the show in his room, uh, because with this pipe show, Dave is the muscle and I'm the I'm the beauty, um, which means we we're lacking on the beauty side, but <laughs> but we got a lot of muscle. Um, all right, let's take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk more about the uh, about the collector showcase and more about the show. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with uh, Dave in LAX or Dave Peterson or the co-organizer of the Las Vegas International Pipe Show or the only person besides my wife dumb enough to partner with me in something. So I'm not sure what that says about the two of you. But um, anyway, all right, so Friday night, uh, the Collector's Showcase. And what I what I want to emphasize here is that uh, so I I brought all my Satos because Dave shamed shamed me into bringing them. Uh, Dave brought all of his Shape 15 Costellas, and then we set up our pipes and we set them up next to some other pipe collectors. Mine were right next to Neil Osborne's incredible display of opera pipes, and I just asked Neil to keep an eye on my pipes, and I turned and walked away. So I put, this is the beautiful thing about a pipe show. I put 24 Sato pipes out on display and turned around and walked away and didn't have to worry about them. And you had how many, how many shape 15s did you have out there? I had, oh, it was around 30, I think. And that's just a fraction of that 15 collection, but that's just part of it. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, it is. It's a great, it's a great p- part of the show it's it's something i always wanted because i always think it's important to have some opportunity to see pipes you know and see collections so i thought this was a really good thing to do for a good part of our show and and we leave that space free flowing for the rest of the show so somebody's got some pipes they want to set out and show to people the the set you know it's sitting right there um so who else besides uh, who else besides the besides the two of us and Neil did we have that were showing pipes? Jim Schaefer had a beautiful collection of uh, extra large, almost magnum sized uh, uh, Parks pipes, and then um, Ray McDonald had a collection of his pipes. He had uh, large L tangs. He had some of his Werner Mummerts and some other stuff laid out. He, it was a great looking collection. 
And then there was a guy with some, uh, um, I'm not sure who it was, but it was a guy with some Meerschaum pipes that had, uh, had half a table too. Yeah. And, and all this is going on while we're doing the registration and getting people checked in. It makes it a lot easier if people prepay online before the show, but we had, I, I think we had a bigger, we had a bigger walk-in than we were expecting. Um, so before we get to, before we get to the craziness of the volunteers that worked all weekend for us, um, let's go over some of the numbers at the time of recording. And I'm, I'm still going through some chicken scratch notes and stuff. Uh, we had over 425 people come through the room. And we know that because we gave out a little bit over 430 buttons. There were a couple of interesting people, and I'm making a note to mention them, that came to the show that, you know what, we didn't charge them because we didn't feel like charging them because they were only going to be there for a little bit. Uh, we had 107 tables that were laid out. We did have a couple of people that no-showed on the tables. And then we uh, we asked the people next to them if they wanted to spread out, and if it didn't, fine. Um, we sold a hundred and uh, well, we didn't. We sold a hundred and one dinners. I think we sat a hundred and four for dinner. Uh, we we don't charge <laughs> we we don't charge ourselves or our spouses. And uh, for for some reason, Dave's wife was allowed to go to Ireland for the week for the week. That won't happen again next year, Laurie. So don't do that. And we sold about 2,200 raffle tickets. Uh, and I'll let Dave talk about the raffle afterwards. But so, yeah, at, at any given point, we might have had 420 plus people in the uh, 10,000 square feet of combined show floor space and the smoking lounge all sitting in there hanging out, puffing and, uh, and going at it. Um, and now I'll let Dave talk about the... So the other thing that Dave organizes that I try to stay out of the way of is the volunteers. Uh, we have a handful of show volunteers. I just say uh, Dave organizes them and the 14th floor, uh, the allocated rooms that go to the 14th floor for room hopping, uh, of which one of them is mine, which you can't room hop in. Um but yeah, Dave, you you've got all the list of the volunteers, so I'll let you uh, I'll let you take over from here. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, it's it really does take people to make this show happen, and we we've gotten just incredible support, you know. And it starts with your wife, Dale. Yeah, I don't know. We can't call her a volunteer, but she really, you know, I might be the muscle, you might be the beauty. She's the brains. So yeah, yeah Dale. And with working with her at the uh, front desk was Terry Schaefer, who's a dear friend of ours and a friend of the show. And she's wonderful. She helped out in all, all aspects, um, but she worked the front desk. We had Jan Leaders, who helped sell raffle tickets. We had uh, Charlie Atkins, who um, helped. Just He was just there. He was there to watch tables. He was there to help people bring things in, take things out. He was just there to do whatever we asked him to do, and he was the second year he's a good friend and then we also had um isaac gaffey and he um he was a big help with the raffle he also helped he, he was emptying ashtrays i had a lot of people uh, um 
come up to me and say, Isaac was just wonderful. He really helped out, especially uh, they asked just little things like the ashtrays and just being there uh, checking in items for the uh, raffle. Um, I had Fred Heim. He was he was my raffle assistant. He was my right hand man. He's a good friend of mine from Milwaukee, and he helped me throughout the weekend at the uh, front desk selling uh, raffle tickets and and just doing the raffle because it takes a lot. We put these little raffle packages together, and we've got to keep track of everything. And and he did a masterful job. And then John Schmidt, my <laughs> buddy John, also from Milwaukee, he helped run the. Uh, hospitality suite he actually let me get some sleep friday night so i was ready to be down there um, early on saturday and john john was up there and he he really had a good time and i know everybody who was up there hanging with him did too so i just appreciate everybody who helped us out and yeah we can't we can't do it without him really yeah. it takes a lot of people and I'll add on there, uh, Neil Osborne in pod one Oh one on, uh, Instagram has offered all of his photographs to us for free high resolution copies to use for future stuff. So, I mean, <laughs> you got somebody that talented running around taking pictures for us. Um, the show this year couldn't have been as successful. I mean, in, in fact, we signed the contract for next year, October 11th through the 13th of 2024. We signed it on October 3rd because we had such support from our sponsors. And I'm going to go ahead and list them out right here. So bear with me. That was pipesmagazine.com, obviously. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin actually hosts the website. Don't shh. Um, tobaccopipes.com, smokingpipes.com, the pipe stud consignment shop, cup of joes.com, the uh, Sutliff Tobacco Company, tobacco reviews.com, Vermont Freehand, the Country Squire online, the Little Hobbits. Love you guys. Uh, Danny Boy Pipes, uh, Carol came and had a great display. Uh, Scandinavian Tobacco Group, and uh, that's Max Stokeby. Cornell and Deal, Savinelli, Peterson of Dublin, the Danish pipe shop. Nikolai came from Denmark for the show. Uh, Tinbids.com, Tabacaria Corti, Luca and his father came from Italy. Uh, the Pipe Cottage, Missouri Meersham, uh, Eric Stokeby's fourth generation. In fact, Eric was there. So I got to see Eric and Max talk to each other. <laughs> And I think they were both afraid if I told their if I told mom what was going on, uh, and then uh, Pear Bill Hall and Scandinavian Pipes. So uh, those are all the sponsors. And again, thank you very much to all of them for everything they did. Uh, they really covered, yeah, you know, covered the nut and got us financially to where I don't have to dig into my uh, personal pipe budget to pay the bills getting started for next year. Uh, but you're right, those, I mean, those volunteers, they're paying to come to Vegas, paying to hang out at the pipe show, and then doing all that for us. Um, so that was, I mean, that that was a lot of, they, they did a lot of work and kept us straight a couple of times too. <laughs> um, Dave, you want to talk about the, uh, talk about the raffle items that, just briefly, some of the ideas of the raffle items that we had? Yeah, we had a great, uh, people were very generous with handmade pipes and all sorts of different things. Um, yeah, it was a great selection, and I just really appreciate those, especially those handmade pipes, uh, silver gray, um, 
she always comes through with something and it was a beautiful little hawk bill but yeah we were we were overwhelmed and i think there was a lot of people who came home happy and uh so what dave's not telling you is he also does this great uh, he does he does uh raffle prize bundles so he'll bundle up like three four items so that yeah we got it we get a ton of things we got a ton of things donated including tins of uh i heard there was a tin of christmas cheer i personally don't look at the raffle items because i don't feel like i want i can enter because i don't want it to look like it's <laughs> yeah i don't want no inside fix um so that was you know so i i don't even look at them but then when i hear the stuff being called out i mean there's vintage tobaccos there were accessories there were uh, shirts and hats and all kinds of goodies. Uh, and then Dave does these bundles where he creates like, what do we have? Like 12 or 14 bundles. Yeah, it was, uh, um, I think it was 12 in the second one. It was eight, maybe in the first, it was, it was, it went well. So I, people came home happy with, I think what the, with what they won. Yeah. And then on top of that, we have a, um, uh, uh, we should mention them here now because uh, we have a secret show committee that does the awards, and I don't want to say their names out in public, but you uh, you awards people know who you are. They're the ones that go around and judge the uh, the best pipe at show and all the uh, and and the awards that we set forward. Um, and Dave and I give them loose parameters, so I'll mention the the awards now and the winners. Uh, for best pipe and show, it was Alex Florov with a, with a gorgeous pipe that he made for best commercial display, which basically means somebody that's uh, more, you know, an industry or, you know, somebody that's more full time at it. Uh, it was Missouri Meersham for best hobbyist or pipe maker display. And the reason I guess we broke that out that way is that, you know, the individual pipe makers don't. You know, they, they don't have the backing of like a Missouri Meersham to do some big fancy display. Uh, but this year it was Jeremiah Sandall. And then we gave him a judge's choice award, which was anything that you saw in the room that you thought you, they wanted the three judges that they wanted to give the award to. And the award went to uh, Paul Perry in memoriam to Paul Perry, the pipe maker and his wife Margaret was there, and she, I mean, just a sweet lady. Uh, she'd been—they were married for sixty-six and a half years before he passed away two or three years ago. Uh, and Paul started making pipes, I think, when he was twelve or thirteen, and his dad kind of threw him out of the house after that. <laughs> uh, but that—I mean—that show committee—they worked for about three or four hours, going around the show and gathering, you know, gathering pictures and stuff. Um, each of the exhibitors, uh, Dave has these beautiful cards printed up that have our logo and it says, you know, uh, best pipe of show and each exhibitor is allowed to put a pipe up for show. Uh, one, one of the exhibitors commented that he was not able to put his best pipe of show up for sale because a certain, noted um author named fred hannah had purchased the pipe on thursday and was smoking it on friday or saturday uh, so sometimes that happens but but again these cards are set out and you can submit any one of your pipes for best pipe of show and 
if it sells before it gets voted on oh well sorry uh but that yeah that again is another one of the things that goes on um should we mention the international people or just the countries that we know that were there yeah it was uh we had a lot of people from a lot of different countries so and we appreciate them all coming so i know we had uh we had representation from Canada, Mexico, Japan, China, uh, I believe Argentina, Brazil, and Chile, um, Greece, the Czech Republic, Italy, Germany, Denmark, Sweden, France, and... Um, and I believe a little bit closer to home. We had a lot of Texans there too. And Texas is basically another country. Uh, yeah. The Texans, yeah. <laughs> the Tyler's from the Tyler's from Texas. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you uh, could remember. Cause I would never have gotten through that list without, without notes. So congratulations <laughs> on the, your memory, but it was, it was great. We just didn't, we didn't have the Australian um, back this year, but hopefully, We'll we'll have uh, somebody from Australia next year. Yeah, and if I missed your country, oh, there was a I did miss one. There was a guy that came from India specifically for the show. Uh, and I'm sorry, I forgot your name, but what a wonderful guy! He and his wife traveled from it from India just to come to Las Vegas and come to the pipe show. Um, so yeah, it's truly international. I think we also had probably the biggest contingency of pipe smoking women that I've ever seen in one place. Yeah, we did. The divas really uh, have a lot of fun at this show and they, their group continues to grow. They're very welcoming to any, any, uh, wife or anybody who comes, uh, along to the show and they, they have a great time. I don't, I don't pretend to know their world. They they do things up and in, but they I know they have a great time. I saw pictures. I think there was twelve of them in the room during the Pipe Divas get together. Uh, I, and I do want to mention. I want to mention three um, uh, three attendees that came that we did not charge for them to come in, and the three are in no particular order. But one of my favorites is a return from last year, and that's um, Hope, the service dog. Uh, Hope is a sweet German shepherd that comes with her human, and uh, and they hang out at the show. And last year we gave Hope her own button, and this year Hope got her own button and was wearing it on her on her harness. So we, I like seeing Hope walking around because four legged people are some of my favorites. Uh, on sat on. Saturday afternoon, my wife is waving at me to come up to the front desk because there's a lady and her husband that just happened to be in the hotel, and they heard that there was a pipe show going on, and apparently her family has some history in the pipe world, and sure enough, it turned out to be the Cellini Pipe Factory and Pipe Store's originator. It was her. It was his granddaughter and her husband. So the and so yeah, you know, obviously you know, let them in and had them walk around and they saw a couple of Cellini pipes on display and the, and she came back afterwards and thanked me for letting her in. They, they were in for about an hour and then they had to go, but it was, they enjoyed being able to see her grandfather's product still, uh, still around. Um, and then on Saturday, um, 
Nana and her sister and four Everson grandchildren came in. So we had six Eversons there, including uh, the 15 going on 16-year-old Sixton Everson, who is uh, getting into pipe making. And so we got... Yeah, so they got to walk around and say hi to people and see. It, it was interesting because Nana said it was the first time that her kids would really be exposed to the work that she does and her and her father did and her grandfather. Um, so it was fun to see them. Um, any other memorable? No, I'm a, no, I don't want to ask you any other memorable moments. We'll go on. So Saturday ends and we have the Saturday night dinner and the... Um, that's when we gave away the show awards or announced the show awards. And that's when we also did the pipe show game show, which I think came off. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, yeah, it did. I think yeah. people really enjoyed it. I, I know I did. Yeah. Um, and then Saturday night, you know, both Friday night and Saturday night, we stayed, one of us stayed up in the room and closed it at midnight and had to chase people out. And then Sunday we, uh, got up opened up the room again and again because of the uh because of the unique location at three o'clock when the show closed we still had a couple hundred people on the show floor wandering around and you know exhibitors were still up and running and we had to chase them out because we had to be out of the room by five um and again uh, on sunday i pulled jennifer into the room and jennifer is our contact with the food and beverage department and the catering and banquets department at the palace station i can't say enough about her about the work that she does and and the staff there um and in fact <laughs> with the palace station once you kind of get past the registration desk people everybody's wonderful <laughs> the registration people kind of hit or miss um and then we had to tear everything down and take it back up to Dave's room and pile it all in there. And I don't know what happened to the stuff after that. Oh, it was a pile. I'll tell you, it's so, it's so much fun, you know, getting everything ready to go. You know, you pack so carefully, but then at the end, it's just throw it in, try to wedge it in a boat and get it moved. So the moving in is always so much funner than uh, packing up. But yeah, yeah, it worked out well. We were out by five and... Again, the 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 valet staff, uh, the bell desk staff uh, came up and hauled everything back upstairs. So it worked out well. Yeah. Uh, and then for me, uh, one of the highlights of the weekend happened on Sunday night when at 5.30, myself, my wife, and Scott Thiele went and got in an Uber and went to In-N-Out Burger. And then an hour and a half later, went from in and out Burger right down the little walkway to the Brooklyn Bowl where Nickel Creek was playing. So we got to see Scott watch his son Chris and the band do a show. And then uh, Scott was nice enough to get us in and meet the guys and meet, meet the band and say hi. And then we came back home. And I think that was the night where I ended up staying up in the smoking room until about 1, 1.30 uh and then monday was really just kind of rest and relax and get caught up and uh, i'm trying to re it's such a blur <laughs> we still had a lot of people in the hotel and Man. we had the 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 hospitality suite was open monday night 
or was mo- open Monday afternoon and then also Monday night until late again. So it was uh, people had an opportunity to do uh, to gather and and, uh, and have fun together for one last night and. And you you may hear a future rant from me based off of the um, thing that we went and did on uh, the thing that my wife and I went and did on Monday. That's all I got to say. Um, and then even Monday night when we when my wife and I got back, the there was five or six people in the uh, in the hospitality suite, and I think I went to bed at one thirty, and then had to be up at six thirty to get out of the room by eight to get back to to get to the airport and yeah so uh anything else you want to mention anything that we forgot no i can't think of anything i think we covered everything pretty well um it was just a good time and appreciate everybody who comes and especially those who donate to the raffle and those who buy raffle tickets yeah uh so information will be up on the website probably uh uh, November, December for the October 11th, 12th and 13th of 2024 for the Las Vegas international pipe show. Keep an eye on the website. I'll obviously keep you all in tune and Dave, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions modified. No right answer. No wrong answer. Just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? I'm ready, Brian. And I'm sorry, but I sprung this on you about an hour ago that we were going to do a modified one, and I know you'd studied for the original Fast Five, but I've had five, I've had five hundred some episodes to to think about those uh, Fast Five final questions, but uh, this will be interesting. Lay them on me. What was your favorite pipe that you saw at the most recent Las Vegas International Pipe Show? Probably the one I got from uh, Jeremiah Sandal. It was a big billiard. Uh, um, it was a commission, uh, kind of a commission, but uh, that was the favorite piano. Yeah. I like what I like. What was your favorite tobacco from the pipe show? I think it was that little bag of, uh, of uh, Peter Stokeby's um, proper English that you gave me that you used for a prop for the... Um, <laughs> No, it was uh, it was uh, uh, my buddy um, Adam had a vintage tin of uh, McClellan J- JBM. I don't know, but I just I just uh, that was wonderful tobacco. Uh, so let me interrupt and mention two things that I didn't mention already. One, Adam Sheehan won three nights in the hotel as an exhibitor, and William Curran won three nights in the hotel as an attendee. So. Those guys got to spend more money in the show, and I think Adam did. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is that uh, Cornell and Deal, in association with uh, Ye Old Pipe Shop in Phoenix, made a uh, a show blend called the High Roller. And yeah, I broke my rule. I bought ten tins of it before Sunday. I think it went over very well too. Yeah. All right, you Dave. Know, I, I could add too oh. to the tobacco. Monday night, I got uh, Greg. Uh, Greg. He's shared a bowl of uh, Bohemian Scandal with me, and that was that was that was a, a lot of fun um, sharing a bowl with him. Yeah, twenty-two years old now. Um, what was your favorite drink from the show? The orange Gatorade I brought. <laughs> yes, I freeze I freeze uh, orange Gatorade, and that's what keeps my cooler cold, along with ice, and. Uh, 
as that stuff thaws, it is so good. That slushy, slushy orange Gatorade. Uh, there is no time to relax at a pipe show, so I will skip over that one, and I will ask you, what was your favorite memory from the pipe show? Or maybe your favorite couple of memories from the pipe show? I think my favorite memory from pipe shows all together, you know, I've got a lot of great memories. You know, smoke-filled rooms with guys, some who are no longer with us. But uh, it was when we were standing out there on Friday night, and the, the line is out there, all our friends are out there, you know, a lot of our close friends are out there, and we've got a pipe show. We're doing a pipe show, and we're doing it for them, and that's uh, it's an awesome memory. And I think for me, my favorite memory, and this is going to be very small for everybody else, but on Friday night, we had black tablecloths in the, uh, in the smoking lounge area because the red ones that we ordered hadn't been delivered. But on Saturday, when the red ones, when we got there in the morning, the red ones were delivered, you had ordered some custom pipe and pipe slash cigar ashtrays for the for the smoking lounge, the big stinky ashtrays that are the big bowls. Um, I had put up some, some silly little Amazon led lights. And I looked at that smoking lounge and I looked around and I saw all the red and the colorful different ashtrays and people were in there smoking. And I saw my little lights around the room. I was like, Oh, you know, we did a nice little job on that. Yeah. It looked great. I just yeah. thought it was a great atmosphere. It was just conducive to fun. It just, you know, it was off the pipe, you know, it was separate from the pipe show, but it was still part of the pipe show. Nobody had to walk far to go back and spend money, but it was, it, it was a great lounge. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And speaking of lounge, Greg, Greg Pease, who is a bit of a, um, an elitist snob aficionado, even Greg was impressed with the drinks that, that Nadine, our bartender, who is a serious mixologist was making for him at the you know in the evenings so uh, you know we've, we've got a great bartender there too and she's all ready for next sure year so, uh dave thank you very much again for doing <laughs> thanks for coming on the show thanks for doing the 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 uh pipe show with me thanks for all your effort all the behind the scenes stuff all year long um tolerating me and some of my crazy panicked ideas and uh putting up with me being um um, I don't know. Sometimes a pain in the ass is that that's pretty fair. It's my pleasure, Brian. Let's do it again next year. We will. And on that, we'll be back in just a minute. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike. And our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents, and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Milafolge, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. 
This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. You know, stay tuned here for information on the 2024 Las Vegas International Pipe Show and when the website's up and running and updated. All right, for music. So Dennis sent me a couple of things, and one of them piqued my interest, and this is the week before Halloween. The song is called Ghost in This House. It's by Allison Krauss, who Allison happened to produce the first two, I believe, Nickel Creek albums. So there's a little tie-in there. So that's what you get. You get a live recording of Allison Krauss playing Ghost in the House. It's a song written by a guy named Hugh Prestwood. And it was out on the radio with a group called Shenandoah. And I, I knew the song from hearing it there, but, but I went to a show in uh, Nashville to see a guy named Michael Johnson sing and uh, he was playing and and he did that song and I remember thinking that's the worst thing I've ever heard in my entire life (laughs) we have to do it too (laughs) so um, we were uh, we started doing it for fun and and then we thought, hey, that kind of fits in with the rest of the sad, pitiful numbers that we do all the time. I don't pick up the mail. I don't pick up the phone. I don't answer the door. I just soon be I don't care if it rains 
is a perfect song with a perfect tie-in to the week of the pipe show and the exhaustion of the pipe show and getting to see nickel creek so thank you very much dennis thank you for sending that Mm, message from the dark side there is and remember if you have a comment or question you can email it directly to me brian at pipesmagazine.com or go on to pipesmagazine.com and post on the pipes magazine radio show pages there uh And we're going to get caught up from the last two weeks. And then I've got some others that I'm saving for next week and so on and so on. So we'll do this quickly. But going back two weeks ago with Reed on the show, Dino says, uh, simple, direct, and straight talk about the basic tobacco types. Reed's early pipe experiences were fun stories and his journey in pipe making sounds promising with nice looking pipes at reasonable prices. A A good music choice from Scott. Scott didn't know uh, of Graham Parsons of the Birds and Flying Burrito Brothers. <laughs> this song is from 1973. Uh, good rant. It can't be said enough. Go to and support shows. Thanks for another always entertaining show, Dino. You are welcome, Dino. And Casey Ghost says, good discussion of Burley and Virginia tobaccos and how and where they are used. I enjoyed the interview with Reed. Surprising, his tobacco memory goes back to when he was a toddler at Walt Disney World. Equally surprising was his wife in getting him started in pipe collecting. Uh, Graham Parsons, who I never expected to hear on your show, was a wonderful musical guest. He was the equivalent of Bob Dylan, except for his untimely death due to his usage of various illegal substances. Uh, Hearing Emmy Lou and his band was delightful. Wow, we got a rave from uh, Dan on the music, so there you go. Um, And uh, Hutch Piper said, I really enjoyed your interview with Reed Robertson. I had the pleasure of meeting Reed at the Columbus Pipe Show in August. He's a really nice and interesting guy, and he makes some beautiful pipes. I would encourage any pipe enthusiast to check out his work. Also, thanks for your simple yet thorough explanation regarding tobacco types. I had never thought of it in such simplistic terms as Virginia and Burley's, but it makes perfect sense following your explanation. Thanks for yet another great show. Yeah, well, that's all I can do is simple. Um, That's my explanation. Uh, And uh, Marky says, uh, last night was the first time I tuned in. Enjoyed it while I smoked my pipe. Welcome to the show. And then real quickly, going to last week's show with, uh, with Richard Madley on... 
where is Dino's comment? There it is. Uh, very good advice on palate refreshing. Thank you. Richard seems to have his relatively new pipe restoration work well in hand. He also has an affordable service. Good luck to him on his pipe making ventures. I love Viva Las Vegas. Elvis, like the Rat Pack, defined Las Vegas entertainment. Yes, it most most definitely behooves of us to publicize pipe shows to our own social media contacts, especially if we plan to attend. And as Brian says, do it as soon as you know you're going. Thanks for a fun show, Dino. You're welcome. And then Casey Ghost says, to wrap this up, uh, interesting discussion on palate cleansing. Never heard of using your toothbrush on your palate tried it and it seems okay you do have to watch how hard you press down the bristles when you do it we'll see we'll see how it goes obviously richard is just getting started in pipe carving so i can't say much about that i was wondering about all the restorers that have come out of the woodwork saying they're repairmen to me you're not a repairman until you can take a broken shank glue it back together and to the naked eye you can't see a thing without 10 times magnification yeah okay and uh, Viva Las Vegas is a fantastic tune with Elvis singing and Sweet Ann Margaret out front dancing. Elvis was a real star in his day. I'm convinced for no good reason he was drafted out of spite and jealousy. Our parents were a real group of winners. Uh, I know we should publicize shows, but sometimes no matter what you do, it just doesn't seem to work. Yeah, well, all you can do is keep trying. All right, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And in just a moment, a rave. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through smokingpipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. take this moment to say thank you thank you thank you to the uh well we'll call them social media folks that uh, attended this year's las vegas international pipe show although the group was uh smaller than last year these were the best and they were great and they turned out 
And if you want to see coverage of the show, here's where you go. So on on uh, YouTube, the Steph and Skip Kane show, they did the first hour or so in the morning and then did some walk-arounds. Uh, Flat Cap, Piper, and Lady Fire did, I think it was one three-hour show <laughs> where they walked around, then they sat down for a little bit at the table, and then they got up and walked around again. Uh in, in attendance, wandering around was Mutton Chop Piper, Peter Piper NYC, uh, the uh, the guys from Get Piped, both the podcast and the YouTube channel, both Adam and Nick were there. And then uh, closing out on the podcast side only was uh, Pipe and Tamper, Mike Murphy and Jay Furman. And uh, I think they did about two and a half, three hours. They had the last block of the day and did live interviews right from the show and they're parceling it up so you got to go and check those out on the instagram side we already mentioned uh, neil osborne and npod 101 if you're not following npod 101 on instagram you're missing out on some great photography and uh, neil virtually covered the entire show in pictures and he's posting them slowly and then finally if you haven't looked on uh, pipesmagazine.com our own kevin godby and james foster went out and did uh photos and an article on the show and it's on uh, pipesmagazine.com so you can check that out so i just want to say thank you again to all these folks that came to the show they paid their own way and they put out some great content for those of you that couldn't make it to the show or for those of you that just didn't have time to get around to the entire show so with that i say uh thank you again to dave for sitting down with me and doing this and then of course you know, working on the show all year with me. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny weather happy roses are red Violets are blue, and I hate poetry, too. <laughs>